0: What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of BallHawk Talk. Like always, I'm your host, Adam. joined along here with Liam and Ben. How's it going tonight, lads?
1: I'm not too bad. You know, it's a beautiful day in Waterloo, Ontario. The weather started to pick up, you know, playing a little football outside with the boys. Um, you know, today me and Con were running routes, and uh, Con's a phenomenal athlete, so he made a couple of snags. But before we begin, I just want to give a little shout-out to our, our buddy Alex Zegaroff. Uh, He made the semifinals of ice today. Big deal. Kid's a stud. Um, So, Alex Zagarek? Yeah, really pumped. Uh, The weather's getting nice. So pumped to get out there. Play some two-hand touch that maybe it'll turn into a little tackle. But, uh, yeah, excited for this.
0: Yeah, I'm fired up for this. So, today we're basically going to be taking a big chunk of the time to talk about free agency. Free agency just kind of concluded last week. There's still some signings trickling in, but the big chunk's done. So uh, I'm just going to start off with probably the biggest notable free agent signings. Kenny Galladay got paid four years, $72 million to the Giants. Shaq Barrett went back to the Bucks for four years, $68 million. Another big one was Trent Williams became the highest paid tackle in the league, got a six-year, $138 million contract to stay with the San Francisco 49ers. The last biggest one, I'm going to go with Bud Dupree, five years, $82.5 million to the Titans. But well, my initial reaction to free agency, Bill Belichick and Robert Traff opened up their checkbook. They Paid a shit ton of money, $175 million guaranteed so far to start free agency with the most ever. And yeah, so those are my initial thoughts. Very entertaining free agency. A lot of big names got cut, but very entertaining. A lot of transactions. Uh, What are your guys' initial thoughts of free agency so far?
1: Yeah, so quantity isn't always quality when we're talking about uh, the Patriots here. I'll go over some of the names. Two tight ends, Johnny Smith, Hunter Henry, Matt Judon. He's, he's, he's all right, but the Ravens do put their pass rushers in good positions to succeed. We'll see how that transitions on another team. Nelson Aguilar, I, I think we can all agree he's not that <laughs> Hedrick-born. Um, but yeah, they signed a lot of quantity of players. I'm not quite too sure about the quality of those and how that'll turn out. But uh, that's just the consequences of not drafting too well for the past five years for the Patriots. Yeah, good point, man. Like, absolutely. They they're horrible at happening. Um, and I find some of their acquisitions head scratching, but to go back to their uh, free agency, boy, as you said this the other day when we were talking about it. Um, I didn't like well, Boy's original. I hate
0: I hated it. I hated their free agency. They had a terrible free agency. i like my biggest loser. Yeah, yeah. same here.
1: Interesting. But one see, I, I like their free agency, but the one I didn't like was Nelson Aguilar. The exact point that you made. Cam Newton can't throw the ball. It just it is what it is, and get over it. Cause I don't care how many fucking videos he posts on Instagram of him working out. He can't throw the ball. It is he
0: doesn't like, have an arm anymore.
1: You know. So when you have a player like like Aguilar, who's really good down the field, you can't fucking get the ball to him. So what's the point of having him when you could have signed a Curtis Samuel who can be like a running back in your backfield, throw back there? Um, yeah. One. Sorry, go ahead. No, I lo- I like the fact that I think they do have a vision here. They're getting the two tight ends, they're going to play some smash mouth football. With Cam Newton, so at least they seem to have a unified vision where they're, they're going to play this old style brand of football. So I'll at least give Belichick that. But I, I don't know that this is how you'd be successful in the NFL today. I don't think they necessarily have the talent. I don't know this might make them too good to get good picks to rebuild this roster. So,
0: yeah. That Nelson Aguilar signing just makes no sense. The fact that he got two years, 22 million is 26. what 26. I thought I had 22 written down. Oh, that's even worse. Um, but yeah, that's absurd. He is a downfield threat, he's good downfield threat, but Cam Newton cannot throw downfield, he can barely throw to the middle of the field. So that's why I get the two tight ends signing. They're going back to that system where they had Aaron Hernandez, rest in peace, by the way, but and Grover and where they had two tight ends and they dominated. but Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry feast on middle routes, sli- like crossing patterns, and Cam Newton can't even throw the ball there anymore. Watching Dolphins get into the pats, the amount of times he underthrew slant routes and crossing routes was ridiculous. So I like the two players. I just don't know how they're going to fit with Cam Newton unless they get an upgrade with Cam Newton. If they go out and draft a stud QB, trap in the draft, I'll have different thoughts to this free agency. It's just the fact that you brought Cam Newton back just gives me no hope for the Patriots right now.
1: Yeah, I feel that. One thing when I was uh, doing a little bit of research today, I feel like it doesn't get talked about enough, but um, okay. So Bill Belichick, when he was in, he, he went to college and played football and he was a center and his, you know, growing up, he, he always believed that the center um, is the most, is the smartest player on the football field. And he is incredible at selecting and developing o Um, Because of this, the Patriots are able to save money at the O-line position, which is arguably the most expensive position on the football field and they're able to allocate resources to different positions so and this is also dance cartesian who's now who, who uh retired in 2020 he was, he was with uh the Patriots for 36 years so he was their online coach and he's gone now but so if you look at 2000 sorry if you look at 2019 their offensive line was ranked 29th highest paid offensive line in the nfl they were super bowl champions that year 2018, they're ranked the 29th highest paid offensive line in the NFL and went to the Super Bowl that year. 2017, they were ranked the 22nd highest paid offensive line in the NFL. They won the Super Bowl. In 2015, they were 15th and they won the Super Bowl again. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it, it's interesting, right? So you, you kind of see it and you see guys like Joe Tooney, they don't resign him. You see guys like Nate Soldier, Frank Brown, originally when he got, when he got signed uh, away from. From New England, because of their ability to develop and select offensive linemen, they're able to do stuff like this, like pay extra for their uh, secondary, which is um, one of the most highest paid in the entire in the league, as you see through, the years, and in the tight end position. So, it's an interesting philosophy. What do you guys thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think it's a sign that kind of went under the radar for the Patriots. They re-signed David Andrews, a two year eight, two years. What do I have down here? I think it's eight million. So he's getting four million AAV.
1: Four years, nineteen million.
0: David Andrews. Okay, well, it works out to like similar. Two year deal.
1: Four year deal is really a two year deal. be one of
0: those. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, we can all probably agree the Patriots they spent a lot of money, but like, like you said, quality over quantity. I, I, I had them as my biggest loser. D. Mackey said you did. Willie, did you add them one as your biggest losers as well, or did you have them as winner?
1: I had him as a winner just because like I love just schematically two tight end football. I I, I love like I think Johnny Smith's also a complete baller. Um and Hunter Henry's one of the best blocking tight ends in the NFL. So I like it for that aspect. But it's gonna be interesting. Like the AFC North uh is, is gonna be really intriguing to watch this year. You have the dolphins on the uprise. The
0: AFC East you mean?
1: Well, you got me a final D Mac. You got me your... <laughs> I was close, <laughs> you came in before me there. <laughs> But that's gonna be an interesting conference to be. Like I can I can definitely see, you know, the same old Patriots they finish number one, but I can also see them finishing like number three. So
0: Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. So we got one loser for me and B Mac. Um so Willie, why don't you give us one winner you think other than Patriots your free agency?
1: Yeah, I'd say my biggest winner for free agency is they added uh um John's Joelson, Johnson? Johnson. Yeah, sorry. My apologies. John Johnson, Rashad Hill, uh, Anthony Walker to Carson McKinley. And they re-signed Rashad Higgins, who I think is an absolute beast, doesn't get the ball enough. But and I I think because of these signings, they can be Super Bowl contenders next year. I fundamentally believe that. This is what you're able to do when you have a QB on your rookie deal. You're able to splurge, you have to pick up guys like Anthony Walker Jr., It's an absolute beast. Um I thought they did a phenomenal job. What are guys thoughts? Well the thing the reason I like the Browns and I really like their free agency is they didn't overspend like I think the Patriots did. They they were kind of choice with their spending. They got John Johnson, who is one of the best safeties in the NFL out of position. Cleveland Browns were the w- probably worst safeties in the NFL last year, at, at least near the bottom in safety play. And they also added Tack McKinley, who maybe he's a rotational piece alongside that line can play across from Miles Garrett. And I think they're probably gonna draft a guy in the first or second round. Um, but he, he's another good sign that that defense is going to be very, very good. Uh, one of the best in the NFL. So I think they're a winner too. You
0: yeah. Uh, I had, I didn't have them as a winner, but I had them as some of my best signings. My best signing the free agency was John Johnson. John Johnson is an absolute stud 10 million a year around that. Whatever it works out to is not much for when you're paying a safety of that caliber. I also like Willie mentioned for shot Higgins at one year, 2.65 million. Is great. He's Baker's probably favorite option. He feasts when Odell went down. He's a reliable second, third receiver in that system. I think the Browns are going to be very, very good next year. They add a linebacker like Zavin Collins, Nick Bolton in the draft, an edge rusher. That defense can be very scary pairing John Johnson with Grant Delpit, who was injured all last year. So I'm excited to see what Grant Delpit can bring to that secondary, but I think the Browns could have a very underrated, but a very scary defense next year. I
1: don't think they're underrated anymore. That defense is going to be good, like really good. Yeah, Ravens against the Browns. Yeah, the, I, I think the Steelers are probably done in that. They can't compete I, with these other two teams. That it's gonna it's be gonna really be fun to watch the, Ravens the Browns. It's gonna be nice for uh for Browns fans when they smash in the Pittsburgh Steelers. They, they they deserve it, man. Like I feel bad for that fan base. Dude.
0: Well, I mean they they beat them pretty good in the playoffs. So they they made, they exposed the Steelers in the playoffs. But yeah uh browns are definitely on the uprise like you said that rookie qb deal is so important to win one of qb's on that rookie deal because like b said you can spend in other areas so yeah if they can, if baker can take it to the next level again next year and that defense can play up to caliber i think definitely the browns are super bowl contenders
1: are you sorry sorry i'm just uh, gonna talk so you're the general manager for the cleveland browns how seriously are you considering trading all that back very very seriously he hasn't done great in that system. I think he's still, even if it's just based on name value, he still has a lot of trade value. I think he has get a second-round pick for him, I don't know that he's doing that much for your team. He, Baker's looked better without him, both years. A- am I wrong?
0: No, yes. Uh, I mean, it, they took away that option. I think what Baker's trying to do is trying to force him the ball, force him the ball, but when you have people like Rashad Higgins, Jar- Jarvis Landry, Anthony, Austin Hooper, sorry, he wasn't forced to throw to Odell's way. So Odell's a, he's a very good player, but I think Baker was kind of in his head that he had to get in the ball while it plays instead of letting the plays come and develop as they should.
1: I, I, I couldn't agree more. I think you hit the nail on the head. And while I think Odell Beckham Jr. is arguably a top 10 wide receiver talent, some people can make the argument for top five is what it is. But I think you're a thousand percent correct where it he was forcing the ball and it's just it's odell beckham jr getting the ball and when you don't have to play that style you know it's, it's definitely better for your organization so uh, so if you guys want to go on for your winners or for yeah your
0: winners. i i can go away um i have three here um i'm not sure which one i'm going to take away but i'm going to start it's a bit underrated a lot of people think they're losers i'm going to indianapolis colts they they had a they had a lot of money to spend but they didn't force their hand. They have a lot of rookies on expiring deals that need to pay. They have to pay Quentin Nelson next year. They have to pay Darius Sana next year. So yes, they didn't make big improvements, splash the cash that people thought they would, but they still brought in solid pieces. They got Marlon Mack back on a one-year $2 million deal. They bought T.Y. Hilton back on a one-year deal, so no really impact on the cap. And then they brought Carson Wentz in. Carson Wentz is that biggest free agency acquisition for that team. And if he can go to that form in 2017... This team is going to be very, very good. Their defense didn't get worse. They're going to improve in the draft. So I think the Colts had a very underrated, but they're a winner in my books because they didn't spend too much money. They still saved it for Darius Leonard, but they still got better as a team bringing Carson Wentz.
1: Yeah, I agree. I normally think a lot of the winners that come out of free agency are guys that normally don't spend lots of money. A lot of the time, you see a lot of these free agent deals go pretty bad fairly quickly. Why? Like, if you're gonna sign a free agent, sign a cheap one, make a couple cheap deals, fill out your roster, and, and that's what the Colts did. Um, they saved their money and they're gonna they're looking to win the season, especially if Carson Wentz, like you said, might get back to form. it Could be a scary team. Yeah, they they were in pretty advanced talks for Trent Williams. My oh my, I fucking wish they signed.
0: Yeah, that
1: was like Christmas to me, man. Watching was in that offensive line. Well, we were talking about this. I we talking about Any of us could run four yards carry behind that line. You could just walk. Just my grandma could run four yards carry behind that offensive line. Just get the walker out. And like, that's why you don't need to pay a running back all yeah. the time. Like you get an offensive line like that. Like John and the tail is a great running back, but it doesn't take much to run behind those guys. I love that. I, I wish they did. I, I think. One, one thing that they need is a left tackle. I think their, their roster is decently complete. I think their defense needs an additional like solid piece. Um, and, and, but, and I also think that they need a left tackle, but once they solve those two issues, um, BMAC, who's your, uh, most favorite team or, uh, yeah, so my biggest winner here, I have the Denver Broncos. So everyone has had them before free agency getting mocked Patrick Shertain or Caleb Farley in the first round. They kind of attacked that secondary. And now are they a team that goes and trades up for Justin Fields or Trey Lance? Maybe a Zach Wilson. Who did they get on their secondary year? They got Kyle Fuller. Fuller. Nine and a half million for a year. Steal. They got Ronald Darby. (laughs) And they got Justin Simmons. They re-signed him.
0: Yeah.
1: Why the fuck did the Bears got Kyle Fuller?
0: Yeah yeah'
1: they're, they're, they're my biggest loser yeah
0: same here i I have a big grant ready for them
1: Bengals I hate what the bengals did um but they they didn't have the money any like they were over the cap they I wouldn't have chosen Kyle Fuller to cut like he's a great player but i I don't know if like, they had to they didn't really have much many choices on who they were gonna cut and ended up being Kyle Fuller and the Broncos are the winners from that.
0: The Bears are the biggest dumpster fire in the NFL. They're they're organized their organizations in shambles. Who signs Andy Dalton to like do they really expect Andy Dalton's gonna be an improvement to Mitch Trubisky?
1: And Trubisky's getting paid what 2.5 mil?
0: Yeah, like it's ridiculous. Andy Dalton got up ten million a year, who's not a good quarterback anymore. And that organization's just screwed. They're so cap heavy. They signed Robert Quinn to a Massive deal. It's probably one of the worst signings in free agency history at this point. He got like two and a half sacks last year.
1: That was stupid when they, yeah, I, I didn't understand. I, I remember like talking to you guys. And I was like, when you guys explain the signing to me because I don't understand it.
0: Like but... that, is like they just need to strip it down, start again. Like that organization had one year. They suck. I'm sorry. I, I've never been more. I just, that team sucks. Like, Ryan, they... <laughs> Ryan. pardon
1: Ryan Pace, the GM.
0: He yeah. Was... He needs to go. Matt Nagy needs to go.
1: Yeah, I love how fired up we're getting. This is awesome.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, what are they doing, Freeze? They got worse. That that defense was the only saving grace that team got worse. Akeem Hicks has also requested a trade, so they better get a lot. Everyone wants out of Chicago. <laughs>
1: Tear it down. I'll give you uh so you guys give me both your losers. I'm going to, I'm going to piggyback off of what you said, BMAC. So like when I so I've been doing all this hockey scouting and, and looking at, you know, different hockey trades because the trade deadline is fast approaching for the NHL. And one thing you always see is that, uh, upcoming free agents get traded to contenders. So you look right now, you have Mikael Grandlin, Dias Eckholm, Eric Stahl, Taylor Hall, they're all on the trade block. They're all upcoming UFAs and they're all most likely going to get traded. In the football, you rarely see trades. It is what it is. It just, it happens like that. But the Cincinnati Bengals, Carl Lawson and William Jackson, they just let them walk for nothing. They both signed monster deals. Like, I I don't understand how you let both these guys walk without trading them at the trade deadline, acquiring a single, I don't care if you get a six round pick. Well, but but Trey Hendrickson and Shinobi Uze who are worse and making more money.
0: Yeah, like that Trey Hendrickson signing doesn't make sense to me. Uh, he's a he had Carl a good Wilson,
1: year. Much better.
0: Carl Lawson's so much better. He's younger. He's more talented. Trey Hendrickson has one year under his belt of successful football. I'm not knocking Trey Hendrickson, but I want to see him what he can do as a number one option on a bad defense.
1: You, you what's a big thing for me is when you're when you're looking at underrated pass rushers, look at pass rushers on bad teams, right? Because they're not going to at the end of games, teams are going to be running on them. They don't have the opportunities to pile up sacks. Yeah. Playing on New Orleans, they're up every game. He has the opportunity to pass rush. They know the other team's going to throw it, so he's going to pile up and he's going to put up better sack numbers than a guy like Carl Lawson, who's just playing run defense at the end of the game.
0: I think sacks are just like an inflated stat to begin with. Like I, I, I think yeah, it's a broken stat. Like you can get like. Your best defense lineman might not get as many socks because he's getting double team all attention. But if you have a poor defense mm-hmm. lineman or your second best defense lineman, he's getting least attention. So, yeah, socks are inflated stats. I don't think Trey Hendrickson's an elite pass rusher. He had one good year of inflated stocks, but we'll see what he can do. But yeah, the Bengals suck. It wasn't a good offseason for them either.
1: you don't understand that. It's, it's just that poor planning. poor playing. Our organization from the top down. We talked about this last week still having zach taylor as your fucking head coach but, but one thing i about, don't I, mind zach taylor yeah 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 whatever <laughs> i'm just fucking um but like one thing I, I did find interesting is so they let jackson go they let uh william jackson go and they signed mike hilton and they signed jw so in my opinion i think that some of their philosophy the team builders there are kind of thinking about your thinking uh, about your lincoln principle Mac, in the sense of they would rather have two dimes instead of one dollar. You know what I mean? Like they, they would rather um at the corner position have have two guys who a decent than, than reside William Jackson at a bigger deal. Well, but but the thing is they Awoosier's deal isn't that much cheaper than Jackson's. At least not as much cheaper as Jackson is better than Ousier. Same with Mike Hilton. Michael Hilton's gonna pay more. It's it's washington took advantage they got william jackson jets took advantage they got carl Lawson. but i don't know they got like the bengals got riley reef who's a solid tackle but there were better options out there they need to protect your Burrow. that that also doesn't make sense they have the cap space hopefully maybe they go sign a mitchell schwartz or an eric fisher who are still on the market but like and they're probably going to draft Penn if he gets past the Dolphins but they need to protect Joe Burrow they haven't exactly done that they got worse on defense so this is a team with cap space and just with a young quarterback on a rookie deal and it just frustrates me seeing them make poor decisions yeah maybe this is a team that in uh in a week or two we can kind of take under the construction we can look at if we're their general manager some moves that we do um I'll give you guys another loser that I have uh the green Green Bay Packers. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I get one. I I'm gonna start off by saying, why the? F- I have it in my notes right here, in all capitals and exclamation points. Why the fuck are you signing Kevin King back? I would have cut that player at halftime after the. Sh- He's the reason why they lost. Yeah, he is. He's the reason why they lost. Point back, period. Kevin King fucking sucks. Why are you re-signing him? I I don't understand. It doesn't make any sense to me. Like. They were complete losers. They didn't help out Aaron Rodgers once again. Their defense is older once again. Yeah. Why the hell did they draft AJ Dillon if they're gonna
0: just, just gonna find get
1: find Aaron Jones? This round pick, so yes, first and second round picks last year. They're getting no value out of them.
0: No yeah that makes no sense to me. I was just going to get get in that conversation. They lost Corey Lindsay as well, who's probably one of the most important players on that offensive line. And the thing I was having in the conversation, I saw Dan Orlowski, who was tweeting about this, he's like, if it's at the extent that signing Aaron Jones that extension prohibited you from signing Corey Lindsay, it's a bad signing. So what are your thoughts on this?
1: I like that, boys. I think I'd rather have Lindsay as well. Um, the, the, the one thing, like, Jones can't play wide receiver he, he can run routes so it, he is valuable I would I'm not saying it's the worst I way. don't know that he can like no he, he, can, he can catch run. passes out of the backfield he can run pat yeah. routes out of the backfield but it's he's not going to transform your passing off there were a lot of guys in the second round last year that they could have taken. <laughs> yeah I don't I don't understand they also lost uh Jamal Williams who I, I watched a good amount of Packers games last year he 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 was good on third down solid saw a player goes to the goes to the short lines kind of fucks up uh the draft stock in fantasy for swift so th- that's definitely a big no-no but i'm still i'm still hammering i don't think jamal williams is that good but interesting i interesting. think swift is special i think he's just not on a good team so that's also kind of i might not hammer him because that offense is gonna be dog shit unless maybe they draft A wide receiver this year, but even if they do, the offense is not going to be good this year, so Swift isn't going to put up huge numbers. Agreed.
0: Yeah, so before we move on to our next talk, I want to end this off with, I want to hear each of your best signings of free agency, your worst signings, and your most underrated. You can give me one, all of them, like whatever you think. So, Willie, who do you think is the best and worst signing of free agency is?
1: Yes, so I'll go. Sorry, I'm just fucking looking through my notes. I'll I'll, I'll go here. So... Signing. I actually think I'm gonna. I know you guys just say J- John Johnson, so I'll go Carl Lawson. I think he's a very underrated pass rusher. Got a lot of success, um, at getting pressures. Those sack numbers might not quite be there, but he, he's a very good pass rusher, and the Jets are, are gonna like him. Worst signing, obviously Andy Fucking Dalton. Um, I don't get it at all. I, I just don't. If you were gonna. The whole the whole thing about letting Trubisky go is that you're going to get an upgraded position. This is a downgrade, so I don't get it. Most underrated, a guy that we haven't talked about yet, Asan Reddick is going to the yeah. He's a guy that was a first round pick, highly touted guy. He played a lot of middle linebacker in his first couple of years, and this year they decided they were going to try an edge rusher, which is is more natural position. He got 12 and a half sacks.
0: He had four sacks in one game or something. I forgot oh, what game it was.
1: Three sacks. And he's not about how sacks make be the best stat, But he's only wow. making one year. Six million. Incentives of two million. That's a great deal for a young Carolina Panthers defense that he could turn out to be a good piece on.
0: Yeah, 100% agree. I had that one of my most underrated signings. Here, I'll go before Willie. So my best signing, talk about John Johnson. I'm just gonna go Shack Barrett. Shaq Barrett's a stud at 25 years old. He got four years, 68 million. He got paid, but at, he's super young, super talented. Led, pardon?
1: That Barrett's 25 years old.
0: Yeah, 26 wow. years old, I think.
1: You know, that's new every day.
0: Yeah, he's super young. Wow. He just, uh, he he was still on his rookie deal, so like that was his first extension. I In fact, in fact check me but i'm pretty sure he's like i think when i saw i was 26. could be wrong though but anyways oh
1: no, he wasn't on a rookie deal i know
0: what shaq oh he's 28 that's my bad but
1: he's, close. he's still young. Yeah.
0: he's still young but um yeah so i was wrong but stud super still talented love the saxon year ago, like i said i think he's a stud i can't i'm so happy the bucks didn't let him go of course i wanted the dolphins fan but he made them he makes that defense so good my worst signing, I'm going with Adoree Jackson. Three years, $39 million. Adoree Jackson's a slot corner. A slot corner should not be getting paid $13 million a year. Just put put in perspective, he's making... Marcus Peters is making $14 million. Xavier Howard's making $14.5. So you're saying that Adoree Jackson's only $1.5 million less than those two players. Adoree Jackson can't play on the outside. I know they need a need at slot, but that's a lot to play for a slot corner. My most underrated signing... I talked about Rashad Higgins earlier, so I'll not mention that. I'm going Anthony Harris. Anthony Harris got a one year, $5 million deal with the Eagles. The guy's a stud. He's a ball hawk. I think that's great value for the Eagles. He's the very underrated free safety in this league. So I like that signing for the Eagles.
1: Nice. I have that a lot. I 100% agree with all those. I uh, love, love he'll, he'll be good there. I like that. Um, my best signing of the entire NFL free agency was, I think I'm fucking up this name, but Kevin Zettler. That's the, pretty, I think it's Zeitler, but yeah, it's close enough. Ke- Kevin Zeitler with, uh, with the Ravens. I love that when, uh, Yonda retired, you can really tell the this past year when watching the Ravens that they struggle interior, the other, um, offensive line. They got out, they got it done. They got it done early. Um, and, he also doesn't count for compensatory picks because he was a cut by the Giants. The true. Meaning Ravens have been gaming this system for forever. They're going to get like, cause that, cause Judon, Left, so they're gonna get like two third round picks. I forget who else left, but they're gonna get like two third round picks or a third and a fourth compensatory picks for free. I love it. Fucking like 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 uh Van Noy, that was also genius by the Patriots.
0: Yeah, fuck off.
1: Um,
0: <laughs> whatever. <laughs> he he he's not worth ten million a year. I'd cut him again. I'd cut him ten times out of ten.
1: Um, my worst signing, I'd have two. I I I've, the the Kenny Galladay one was was interesting. Um, You're going to say that's the worst. No, 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 I'm not no, going to okay. no, say it's the worst. Time. Say, I, I didn't, I don't, I don't know. It wasn't, they, they the, have to figure out what Jones. Yeah. True. That, that's, that's other value yeah. that goes into that contract. I think it, figure out what Jones is.
0: It's a lot of money. I get that, but they have the cap space. So if they're overpaid, I don't care if you're getting a player like Galladay. Galladay is probably the best red zone guy in the league at their steer position. He's an elite receiver. So they might've overpaid a bit, but if you have that money, might as well go get the player that can help Daniel Jones take that next step. If that's what their plan is.
1: All right, move on, move on. Mike. I would have loved them on Cincy and, uh, or the Ravens. Um, But I'm going to say the worst signing this past off season was Kenyon Drake, to the las vegas raiders the reason i'm going to say this is because so you have jacobs um you know every time you think jacob's off the field you're kind of helping the opposing defense but the the, the real reason i'm going to say this is because james white signed re-signed with the new england patriots i don't know the exact uh, specifications of that deal but kenny and drake got i think 11 million dollars. Why the fuck are you not going out and getting James well, White? Well, he's so much better than James White. So. No, he's not. No, no, he's not. He's as not. a runner, he is. But you don't need a runner when you have Josh Jacobs. And you got yeah. oh. don't, don't, don't get me wrong. I think it's a terrible signing. I don't think they have Josh Jacobs. They just spent a first-round pick on him, but he's much better than James White. See, he's see. I, I think complete back.
0: I think I get both the arguments. I think James White's a better third down back. He's a better receiving back, but Kenny Drake's a better running back as a whole. But Kenny Drake's not going to be playing as a first and second down running back. When you have Josh Jacobs, who's a stud running back, Kenyon Drake can be on there in third downs, receiving and like passing downs and blocking. So, if I'd rather have James White in the role that Kenyon Drake's gonna be asked to play, but if Kenyon Drake's your lead back, I'd rather him over James White.
1: This yeah. is, that's a typical Raiders signing, though.
0: Yep. Yeah,
1: yeah. Cool. I, don't, I don't know what is doing. They, they they had a
0: bad off season. I, that's one other loser I had. I didn't mention. I I didn't like their offseason at all.
1: Almost every off season since. I don't like Mayock as a general manager. We'll we'll talk about that another day. But yeah, I also didn't like the Ngawka signing. I feel like that's one in like two years we're gonna look back and be like that fucking sucks. I I don't mind them. It's only two years. Yeah, two oh, years. Okay. He, he's, I don't think he's ever had like less than eight sacks in his career.
0: I think it improves the defense. If it's a four year deal, it's maybe not.
1: Like big need for them. They needed an edge rusher. I don't think he's ever had. Uh, You'd have to fact check me. I don't think he's ever had less than eight sacks in a year. So he's not going to be a terrible sign. Might be a little overpaid, but it's the position they needed. Carl Lawson would have looked nice. Carl Lawson would look nice anyway.
0: Yeah,
1: 100%. My most underrated signing was Anthony Walker Jr. And Jamal Agnew with the Jaguars. I love Jamal Agnew, big special teams guy. Fucking A. Those are my two favorite. And my, the one guy who's still on the block that I think would look nice um, on several different teams is Alex Smith as a backup to a young QB. Bring him in, uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence, bring him in for Zach Wilson. Trevor just draft uh, Justin Fields. I don't know. He's still on the market. I like that. Yeah. Any of these young QBs, they could... If a team that needs a quarterback now drafts Trey Lance, I would sign Alex Smith immediately because you don't you can you can start Alex Smith for a couple games, maybe a year, but at least a couple games to let that guy get acclimated with the NFL. Um, but he'd be a great signing anyway, great character guy, just great for the locker room. Even if he doesn't provide value on the field, you're not going to be paying him that much money.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. Um, but yeah, before we move on to our next talk, I want to put respect on Fitzmagic. I'm super happy for him that he signed with the Reds, the the football team, sorry. That offense can be very good with Curtis Samuel, McLaurin, I think Fitzmagic will have a, his best shot other than last year to make the playoffs in his first time in his career, which could be his last year ever. So before I move on to the Kellen Mond, I want to shout out Ryan Fitzpatrick. Love the dude. So our next conversation would be on Kellen Mond. Chris Sims, has him as his is it his third number rated prospect or is it fourth
1: i believe it's four um no no clue though i thought it was wilson's wilson's one zach wilson's one on it's
0: wilson lawrence is it feel is it lance and then and then mond and then
1: then field and then
0: okay so I don't agree with that. I can get into this um, very heatedly, but I'll start it off. I am not a fan of Keller Mond. He didn't put up great numbers at Texas A&M. He struggled. The one game I want to put out is LSU. Let's put a stats here. 11 for 34, 105 yards passing, no touchdowns and a pick. And LSU had the worst defense in the SEC, one, SEC and one of the worst defense in college football last year. When I watch Kellen Mond, he doesn't do anything that pops. He doesn't do anything that's special. He's not a big body. He doesn't have great arm. I don't like his anticipation. His accuracy is mediocre. And when he gets pressure, he struggles. He gets frantic. And when people take away his first read, when I'm watching film, he throws a lot of turnovers and he throws the ball away a lot. So I think Kellen Mond, he's a good college quarterback, but I do not think he's going to be successful in the NFL. No knock on him. I just don't see his success in the next level.
1: Yeah, I, I kind of agree. I definitely don't see him as my number four QB. I think he's on as a mid to late round flyer. Like he's like he only threw three picks this year. Now it's, it was a shortened season, but but you kind of see some improved decision making from him. It, again, I, I agree with you. He does hold on to his first read a little bit, but so do a lot of college QBs. Like that's yeah. that's from awesome. Justin Fields as well. Um, Justin Fields may get knocked on that a little too much than he deserves, but uh, a lot of college QBs struggle with that problem, so I think that's something most teams are going to have to deal with when they draft a rookie QB. I think he's got decent athleticism. I think he can run.
0: Yeah,
1: His arm's fine. I I think it's he's worth a shot, but I, I don't think he's going to be a special QB in this league. He'll be a backup at, at the best, but you never know. Chris Sims is Found for us, So
0: yeah. You know, Never yeah. know.
1: That's definitely that's one something before I begin. I kinda of wanna to talk to and share to the audience. So Chris Sims, the reason why we're having this entire conversation over Chris Sims is because boy is he, you know who he projected better than me. Can you uh list off the names?
0: Josh, he picked Josh Allen to be the best cube in the draft. He projected Lamar Jackson to be good when everyone was doubting him. So he has made very, very good decisions in out their decisions that no one else agreed with. So it could be Kellen Mond. But I think the thing that's different between Josh Allen, Josh Allen and freak athleticism. where Jackson was a pure runner. Kellen Mond's neither. He's kind of in, the, in between them. That's where I don't see it, but he's made these decisions in the past and he's never been wrong before. So I guess you got to trust him.
1: He knows more than probably all
0: of us. Oh, 100%. So, well,
1: yeah. um. Again, I don't agree, but you got to trust the guy a little bit. My my uh scouting on him, um, I thought he had good timing. He made a couple throws where I was a little bit stunned at just how like fit into the tight window. Um, he's able to do that. He can run. He's not the fastest runner in the world. He's not the most athletic guy. He kind of looks a little bit frantic when he runs, but he seems to always find holes, and he has the balls to run through the holes. Um, and you can pick up the extra yards, which is something like I, I in the pro Bowl I, I was watching a little, a little bit of film on that today. He he made this one play. Some attacks on behind. You know, if you're a Q, if you're uh, an organization and trusting a um, we'll volunteer QB's hands, you're a little bit scared for that. But it comes with drafting this kid. Um, he needs to improve his arm strength. Really weak. He needs to improve his accuracy uh, a little bit. Like some of the throws that he makes is extremely questionable. I like him. I I think he'd look nice in RPO systems, such as the Niners, where you know he he has the ability to run. Um, I liked him on third down i think he i have confidence in him going on third down i pick him in the second round i take a flyer on him um i'd have him sit a year two maybe even three and that's what i do and w- one of the things i like uh, i love to have a conversation with you guys is um drew lock or kellen Mond? drew lock drew lock drew locked drew Locke.
0: more thought more upside
1: i disagree I, I, Drew Locke gets knocked for validly but he still got a great arm. Like, you saw what happened to Josh. Was he worse? This is his first year starting. Was he worse this year than Josh Allen was in his first year?
0: No, he was better.
1: He probably better. He, he, had multi, he had, like, multiple, like, four touchdown games. And he made a lot of bad throws, a lot of bad decisions. but.
0: Like, yeah, the thing with Kelamon, like, what does he do that's special? Like, he doesn't have, like, amazing athleticism. And you say he's a runner, but he's not an amazing runner. So it's not like he can diverse himself from QBs and from other QB prospects to be an elite runner like Lamar Jackson was when people knocked his arm strength. He doesn't do anything amazing. So that's what I'm worried about.
1: Yeah, it's honestly fair. In, in terms of the whole Drew Locke thing, like, yeah, it's a different conversation for a different day. One <laughs>
0: well,
1: that's honestly a fair statement, man. Like, you know, he, he, I, I personally liked him. Like, there, there was one time when I, I it was third and seven in um, the Orange Bowl. And they needed, I think, it was like the, they were down by seven in the in the fourth quarter, twelve minutes remaining in the game, and it was third down, and I had confidence that the kid was going to make the play. He ended up making a throw in the tight window on a crossing route. Um, I have, I, I like him for his athleticism, but it's he's going to be interesting. He's going to be interesting in the next level. And I think he's a lot. I think he's sit for a year or two.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. I'm interested to see where he goes. That's for sure. So. We will. We'll see where it happens when it comes to the draft. Do you have anything else to say, uh, BMac?
1: No, I just. I don't. I don't love drafting quarterbacks that don't have special special traits. I don't want to be stuck with a middle and quarterback. I want to win. I don't think you can really win a. Championship. You can, but it's going to be very hard without a really good roster to win a championship without an elite. I don't think-
0: Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, so before we move on to a draft talk, do you guys want to quickly discuss the Kyle Shanahan system? Kyle Shanahan has implemented a system that's become dominant over the years. So we're just going to tackle quickly why we think it's so successful. I can start it off. I think successful because he runs a lot of motion. He runs motion plays 97% of the time motion plays cause defense to be confused. Don't know what's happening. So I think that's a, why it's so successful. B He has a lot of pulling options on his guards. He, drafts athletic guards and athletic tackles that allow them to get outside in space. He runs a lot of misdirected runs, which allows these guards to get up field quickly and create blocking lanes. And thirdly, he puts his players in a place to be successful. He has a lot of talent around them, but he doesn't ask anyone to do something that they're not good at. He allows his players to play to their strengths and that's why it's so successful in my opinion.
1: Yeah, so, so the thing with him is Kyle Shanahan runs a zone blocking system which makes things simple on the offense you you block the space rather than the man where other schemes would block the man now all over the nfl this is done now it's not a new thing or a crazy thing but kyle shanahan does it better than anyone and and this just makes like joe thomas hall of fame left tackle said kyle shanahan was his favorite coordinator he's ever had because he made things simple enough he made things where you just have to make simple decisions. He does that for every position on the field. Like he runs a lot of play action, which gives quarterbacks like Jimmy Garoppolo, very easy reads. So you get an accurate quarterback in there. They don't have to make special, special things happen. Like a Mahomes, they can just be Jimmy Garoppolo, sit there in the pocket, make an easy read, be accurate with the ball. And that's all they have to do. Uh, So he just makes things really easy on his players. And he also knows which types of players he wants to put in his system. And him and John Lynch have done a very good job at collaborating as general manager and coach. Like, they have a lot of guys who are very good after the catch. You see Debo Samuel, one of the best wide receivers after the catch. May not be the best wide receiver in the NFL, but he's great for that system. They just drafted Brandon Ayuk, another guy. Great after the catch. George Kittle. Got him in, what, the fifth round? One of the best blocking tight ends in the league, first of all. So even if he wasn't as successful as a receiver as he's turned out to be, He'd fit great in that system, blocking and creating holes for running back. But, no, he's great after the catch. He's an athletic And they've just set up, and they get an accurate quarterback like Jimmy Garoppolo now. I think if they could trade up for Justin Fields, he would be perfect in this system. He's so accurate. He's athletic. Might run in the four threes. You have an accurate quarterback who can run in the four threes into this system. They're going to be the top offensive
0: lead. Yeah, that would be awesome for them. Thought, really? Yeah, I think
1: we hit most of it. But. Yeah, I think you hit most of it. From an organizational perspective, sitting, putting on my GM hat, like, I, I love the Shanahan system because he creates values from players who, you know, are not necessarily big names. In 2019, they had the second most yards in the NFL and they finished with the most TDs in the NFL with 23. Their top running backs were Tevin Coleman, Raheem Mostert, and Matt Parita. Um like bro, this is before Raheem Monser was kind of a well-known name. So, yeah, from a from a general manager perspective, when you have a guy like that who who can because of his play concepts and because of his design, you can allocate um, more more uh, resources towards your defensive line, towards your you know your secondary. Mm-hmm. You love it. You love it. There's nothing more you can ask for. But it's his dad. Well, what, one what Mike, Mike Shanahan. What, yeah, what, yeah. It's not him. It's it's completely not him. It's his father. His father's the OG goat. The father. His father's. Um, uh, tree is absolutely disgusting i don't have it in front of me i'm sorry guys but you know definitely mike shanahan the goat.
0: respect that all right so we're going to move on to a draft talk today we're doing edge rushers so we're going to take a deep analysis into this draft prospect so i can start off i i'll list my top five then we can start discussing your list as well so at number one at quitey pay number two might be a bit out there but i got jalen phillips number three at gregory russo four i have aziz Ojolari. In five, I had Jason Uwa. I don't know how to pronounce the last name from Penn State. So, what are your, what are you guys' initial thoughts on this and your uh, your big board as well?
1: Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of athletic freaks in this class. Which there's no like Chase Young polished guy.
0: Yeah,
1: there's a lot of guys with very interesting upside. Like Jason Owe, who you were just talking about, had his pro day today. He's six foot five, two hundred and fifty six pounds. And ran a four three six forty.
0: That's insane.
1: That might be one of the most athletic freaks we've ever seen. Now I put on his film today just like while I was eating lunch. Just fucking crazy. Oh, uh, but he also had <laughs> zero sacks this year. So that is very, very concerning. I think he had seven and a half the year before, but zero sacks this year is
0: that's concerning for sure.
1: Man, but we just did, we, we did talk about earlier, huh? Yeah. You don't necessarily like sacks as a stat per se it's better things like not all pressures convert into sacks equally and he did have a decent pass rush grade from PPF he was similar to gregory Rousseau and gregory Rousseau had 15 and a half sacks in 2019 so what's your who's your big board So so my big board, I'll go. I have the same number one as Adam, actually. So I got Kuipe, number one. I got Aziz Ojolari. I think I pronounced that right, number two. Jason Owe, just because of the pure athleticism, at number three. I have Gregory Rousseau, number four. And I have number five, Jalen Phillips. Um, But if Jalen Phillips, if I could tell you that Jalen Phillips is going to play his entire rookie deal, he'd be a lot higher.
0: Yeah, that's Why that's. He's, like, he's injury prone. He's what? had like three concussions.
1: Jalen Phillips retired in 2018. Yeah,
0: because of injuries.
1: If he, he could be a guy, he might be out of the NFL and he, if he gets a concussion in his first yeah. year. That's like he's kind of raw because he didn't play all that much in college before that. he was in UCLA for uh he was really good as a freshman. I think he was a five-star recruit. And then he got some concussions, kind of fell out of the league, retired, like no joke. Quit football.
0: He quit football.
1: Came back this year, played for Miami, had eight sacks in 10 games. Very athletic freak. He's very high upside, but like, it's like the The dance that he doesn't play. That's interesting. I didn't know that. I didn't know about the concussion. He's one concussion away from being done with football. But if he does get a promotion, it's going to be very fucking good. Jesus. Uh, do you have a list? Do you want to give us your list here, Willie? Yeah. So and we'll talk about some of these guys. Yeah. We're, we're, we're going to get into a nice debate here. I can already fucking feel it bubbling. Uh, I have Gregory Russo, my number one. Jalen Phillips, my number two. Huh. Joseph Ouse, my number three.
0: I like that. I like that.
1: From the Texans. He's my number six. So. Kawhi D. pays is my number four. That's get out here. Four. Uh, and then Jason away, my number five. And then I have Jay, uh, Aziz Alusiari, my number six. My number seven is Patrick Jones. The
0: Ooh, love that.
1: He missed. So he ran his 40 time. He ran a 4.8 and pulled his hamstring during his pro day. <laughs>
0: it's a so he wasn't
1: able to complete like a 3-3 three, three cone. um He wasn't able to complete any other drills. I think because of this, his draft soft is going to drop. Watch out, man. Jones is a fucking beast. You want yeah. to specimen? Dude, there's so many in this class. Though. Like, they're yeah. all physical specimens. It's, it's, it's going to be fun. Like
0: Yeah, here, here's a quote about Patrick Jones because Brian Flores coached him in the, the Senior Bowl. He said he's one of the best leaders I've ever been around, and this guy is in college. That shows the character of Patrick Jones, who Brian Flores is a big college guy. He said that he's probably one of the best leaders he's ever been around. So he's a guy that I think I would be very happy to take the second, third round because of his motors, athleticism, and his leadership and culture, like his culture of himself as a person.
1: Yeah, if he drops to the third round, I'll be absolutely stunned. Um, I, on my uh, my number three guy is um Joseph Use. I I like his play. I like his motor. At the end, at the end, he's always running to the ball. He's always around the ball. He's a physical freak. Uh, he's he's lengthy. Um, he can get under two. He's, he's a little bit bendy, so big fan of him. But Kuwaity hey, Pay, we can have a little conversation on this. When Let's I popped into it, when I popped on his tape, you know, I texted boys after watching about 40 minutes of his tape. And I texted boys, I'm like, hey, like, I don't understand the fucking hype. And boys is like, I love this guy, you know, he's awesome. I I one of the biggest things in Michigan, he wasn't utilized the best way he could possibly be, which is which is, you know, it is what it is. I think he's probably gonna surprise me. He's probably gonna be one of those guys where I'm like, yeah, I was wrong on him. I just, I don't understand all the hype. I, I just don't. Well, we, we've been talking about athletic freaks in this class. It's possible that he might be the biggest freak in this entire class in terms of athleticism. He's 260 pounds, runs a sub 6'5, three cone. He's got bend. And that's what matters as a pass rusher. I love Ben. I'm a big Ben guy. Like, yeah, like, we'll we'll see. I I think uh, the Vikings are going to look at him pretty nicely to upgrade the defensive line. Um, I can see him going to a plethora of teams.
0: Yeah, I I like Kawhi Pay just because he's such a good run defender. He is a solid pass rusher, and I think that's going to develop as he, like, he progresses in the league. But he is probably the best run defender at the edge position in the class. He's very big, very strong, takes on two blockers, sheds a lot of blocks. So I think a team, he may not be the best pass rusher right away, but he's going to influence the run game because of his athleticism and his this size.
1: Question I have for you guys. Sorry, I know Boy uh want to get to the fans versus Leafs about the heads of OT, but it's got a quick question. Um, so I've been doing a lot of scouting on hockey and, and I've been watching a lot of games on, I've been making a big board for this, which is coming up soon on the website. Uh, stay tuned, everyone.
0: Stay tuned for the drop.
1: For the job. it's coming soon. coming soon anyways um i find for hockey i have to spend a lot of time like i'll spend i'll have to watch like a two games for the hockey players i'll have to go through all those goals assists all these plays um but my question to you guys is how long does it take you when the film's on in football to have a solid opinion on a player how many reps because in football it's reps that's true how, how long does it take you it depends on the position, depends on the player. Um, I am a big math guy too, so I rely a lot on uh, analytics. I like PFFs, grades. It, it's it's hard to tell. It depends on the player, it depends on the position. Like Rashad Bateman, who we've been talking with a lot, I knew right away, like within like two minutes, that I was going to love this guy, but watch watched a lot more just because of how much of them. Um, defensive end, like it's a position I'm not as familiar with evaluating so it did like i did watch a lot more on these guys than i would have five receivers or running backs yeah it's just it's just like it depends a lot like i'll watch uh, the first thing i'll do is i'll turn on their youtube highlight tape and then i'll go into maybe some more less interesting tape or not the highlight tape maybe a game of theirs um yeah, it's, it's so dependent on a player that can't really give you a straight answer. What are your self boys?
0: Yeah, I mean, it all depends. If I see something that pops, like athleticism, a certain technique. For defensive end, if I see someone, I'm really big in stopping the run, like winning the trenches. So I see someone that's big, strong, and shed blocks, that's someone I'll look and do more. The thing I like to do is I like to look at look at other people's opinions for their worst tape. And I want to put that on. And if I see something that still pops in that player and he's successful and impacting the game in what's called his worst tape, that's when I know someone's special. So I really like to do that. Look at someone's worst worst game and see if there's still something that at their worst level, they're still able to influence the game and still make plays. So that's something I really look into. So I take a lot of other people's perspective, but yeah, I looked at a lot like BMAC, I'm big into analytics, but I, I like athleticism, I like intangibles. So if someone has that, I just look for something that pops. If they influence me a game changing play, I know they're going to be special at the the next level.
1: I think the player I took the most smallest amount of time for. I think I watched two of his reps, and I had him as my top guy in the draft. Penisua. I yeah. watched, <laughs> watched two of his reps. and I knew this is probably my favorite prospect I've ever seen in my entire life.
0: One pancake block, you're like, yep, take him at three. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, he, he's he's a freak, man. Like he's a freak. Do you guys want to get to the two-minute warning? Do we have uh can can we talk quick about Greg Rousseau? Did you have him number one? I had sorry, my apologies. You're right. I had Greg Rousseau number one. So, so I like Greg Rousseau. He opted out this year, so we didn't we didn't see him. The big like he had big sack production last year in 2019. He had 15 and a half and 13 games. That's great sack production, especially from a younger guy in, in 2019. My problem with him is that a lot of that production came against offensive guards and interior offensive linemen. He didn't, I'll, I'll give you a quick stat here. He had an 80.7 pass rush grade as a total. Now, if you take that just against tackles, that falls to a 71.3. Wow. So I can't give you specific examples of, of players off the top of my head, but I know there's other players that have, Graded out really good and got a lot of sacks in college that are project as edge rushers in the NFL, but they in college, they got a lot of that production against interior offensive linemen. Greg Rousseau was one of those guys and it just scares me a little bit to see if he can go against tackles in the NFL, maybe he becomes more of an interior guy we'll see, uh, but that just scares me a little bit. Especially with him opting out this year and not getting to see what he can do this year. So that's the only kind of knock I had on him.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think he's really raw. He's really new to the position. He hasn't been playing that long. So I think that's a step. He's got a lot of potential. He's got a lot of upside, but he has a lot to learn at the position. When I watch him, he takes some snaps off. He's got a good motor, but he's not the best tackler for his size. He goes for the legs and the feet a lot, and he misses a lot. He doesn't wrap up necessarily. He try, He kind of like baits out and bails out on some tackles. So that's a problem I have with him. And he struggles against getting to the outside and tackles. Like BMAC said, he's good against the interior, but he has trouble getting to the outside and using his speed to get to the quarterback. I think a coordinator will need to coach him up a lot, but he has the highest potential in the class probably.
1: Yeah. Good way of putting it. I was, my, my opinion on that was going to be I think it kind of depends. He needs a good um defensive corner. He needs a really good defensive line coach to kind of coach him up. He hasn't played in the position for that long. Um, I think low low uh, low floor. All high skill. All these guys are almost all these guys are the same.
0: Yeah,
1: all there's not I mean, Jason way started playing football in 2016. But as we said, absolute freak athlete. All these uh, almost all these guys are absolute freak athletes that we well, I have
0: to see. I think they're all projects. They're all like, there's no like chase down. They're all like super, super raw, super high potential creative athleticism. I think someone that's, I didn't mention him, but it's probably the most safe pick is Carlos Basham. He's been playing the position for a while. He's a sound player.
1: Wake Forest, love this guy.
0: Yeah, I think he's going to be a very good player. Um, he doesn't have the, I don't think he's the upside that other players have, but I think he's going to be an impactful player at the, the next level and be a rotational guy for sure.
1: He's very big, too, so he might rush inside a bit, too. Yeah. See what happens at the next level? Two-minute warning? Okay. okay. You one more thing? Okay. I, I, I just got one more thing to say.
0: If I miss Austin Matthews, snipe on whoever your goalie is tonight.
1: <laughs> uh, on, on, on Forsberg, um, send. I hope you guys win tonight. Sands need to lose. Okay. I'm so- <laughs> I want all to lose. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm starting to rethink Mac Jones. I'm starting to rethink Mac Jones and I just want to put it out there for you guys. Don't,
0: Don't. Don't. we'll we'll can... talk about it another day. Like I it's 50 seconds left in the game, Willie. I I need to see the least play. <laughs>
1: give me a warning. Give me a warning. Do we have one today? I, I have I have one.
0: All right, hit us.
1: All right, so we'll we'll go NHL here uh, on that tone. Who was the leading scorer in the 2000s in the NHL in terms of points? Like, 2000 to 2010? 2000 to 2010. And then we'll go goal scorer after. The hi- hey, the high- I- highest point getter in the NHL in the 2000s.
0: I got it. I think I got it. Dude. Joe Thornton.
1: Ooh! You <laughs> are- you that? My initial thought was Martin St. Louis.
0: I, I was beating him in a Gimla. I wasn't sure who to go.
1: All right. Uh, now we'll quickly go goal scorer. Who had the Danny most goals? Danny Healy. No?
0: Nope. I, I think I'm just gonna go Joe McGinley.
1: You are correct, boy. Wow, I'm impressed.
0: Man, the trivia nights on Zoom with my brother's friends—we do so much hockey trivia. So like, I, I we want, Yeah, it goes on forever. Fin- finally, finally, a two-minute warning. I can finally say that.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, thank you everyone for listening. This has been fun.
0: Yeah, it was a good conversation. Um, thank you guys for listening, stay tuned to a new website, drop and possibly a rebound. So I want to take it easy.